The TSW Roundtable is a proud member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Go to SWCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. Hello there. You want the bad news? Roger, roger. The Force. It's calling to you. This is not going to go the way you think. Now you will experience the full power of the dark side. That's not how the Force works. I need someone to show me my place in all this. This is madness. Let the past die. Kill it. It's a trap! Fulfill your destiny. No! Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the TSW Roundtable. Once again, I am your moderator, Robert Cast, And today, we are continuing our Star Wars movie retrospective series. And today, the next one up, and yes, it counts, 2008, the Clone Wars movie. So we've already taken care of the OT, and we've already taken care of the prequels, and we're running right up. So here we are. Before we get into the sequel saga, we got this little... Uh, um, well, what are we going to call us? A hidden gem, or uh, well, we'll figure that out on the on the podcast here. So here we are with the Clone Wars movie retrospective, and joining me, my co-host this evening, from uh, my good buddy from San Diego, from the San Diego Sabers, is uh, Steve Kirk. Say hi, Steve. Hello there. Welcome to the show. This is uh, this isn't your first time on a roundtable, is it? No, it's not. It's probably been about a year, but uh, I am glad to be back as always. Well, we appreciate you being here, and we have a. Uh, I think we have a. Uh, a, a dinner or drink or maybe even a party date coming up here at the uh, 2019 celebration. Oh, we have plans within plans. There we go. So, so I know this is going out before we go ahead off the celebration, but we got other stuff planned there, but yes, there's going to be just uh, before we start, there are going to be a bunch of us from the star Wars Commonwealth podcast network down there at celebration. Once we, I think I'm going to might put together another round table, just, you I mean with, people going so we can get geared up and talk about panels and what we got planned and listener meetups and all that other good stuff. So it is going to be a good time. So stay tuned for that, but no, we're not done. We got to talk about the Clone Wars today. And uh, unfortunately, Steve and I aren't alone. We have another couple of gentlemen joining us today. I'm going to throw it over to Matt, Matt Salvatore. Good buddy of mine. Welcome. Ahoy, ahoy. How's it going, guys? <laughs> Very good. Huge supporter of the Commonwealth. And always welcome on the roundtable. And here's another guy. Thank you. I remember hearing a podcast, I think, just a little off topic. You were joining, I think, uh, Mark Godsiff, who used to be with Talk Star Wars. And you guys are uh, waxing poetic about uh, Batman v Superman. Oh, yes, yes. My favorite comic book movie. Yes, it's a fantastic. It was a privilege to uh, podcast with uh, the uh, Grand Admiral. Yes. Uh, Mark is like, Mark is an awesome guy, man. I just. I love podcasting with the dude. He's fantastic. He is. And uh, if you don't, uh, if you haven't heard already, uh, we'll try to set up a link or look for it. You will, if you are not a fan of that movie, you will have a brand new appreciation once you hear Matt just go on and on about it. And it's, and it's not, it's not, it's more than a love affair, I'd say. I think it's, your, your thoughts are precise and they're, it just, it's, it's perfect. It's, it, it, yeah, thank you. It's thank really you. awesome. But, we uh be remiss if we didn't have another Canadian on the podcast. Well, almost Canadian. From Newfoundland, <laughs> Nathan Roberts. Welcome, Nathan. 
Hello, my little punky muffins. <laughs> punky muffins. Oh, my. <laughs> so we're recording, uh, this is second, uh, this is Groundhog Day, 2nd of February. Uh, Nathan, how cold is it out in Newfoundland? Uh, <laughs> it's got to be minus 10 now. It's uh, it's pretty cold. We've hit a cold in the last few days. Yeah, Celsius. For for Americans, that's Celsius. Everybody else in the realm yeah. of the world, you guys know what I'm talking about. No, for, for, for Americans, that's simply cold. That's just cold. <laughs> yeah, just a nope. All right, now we have the introductions out of the way. Um, let's uh, let's start talking about this movie, The Clone Wars. I'm going to throw it back to Nathan. 2008. Uh, How did you see this? Did you see this in the in a theater? What was going on at that time? No, I didn't see it in the theater. I didn't see any Clone Wars until probably. Probably till it hit Netflix, whenever that was. So probably what was that? 2013, 2014? Oh, wow. Yeah. Now I'd seen episodes here and there, but I hadn't seen the entire series, and I don't think I'd seen the movie before then. So relatively new to it all. Yeah, it was kind of it kind of came out of nowhere, and then we're going to talk about this more. That uh, the clone when it came out, we were expecting Star Wars to be pretty much just wrapped up. George Lucas on vacation or re- semi retirement, whatever he was doing. And then all of a sudden we get this uh, animated movie coming to theater. So it kind of it blindsided me because I wasn't, I think I wasn't really tuned into what was going on on the. Message. I don't think anybody was. That's the story of this movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it did. Hey, it made it made money. Made what? Made what? Sixty million or something domestically. Nice. Yeah, and it only cost eight point five to make or something. So yeah, it it did well. Like if you're looking mm-hmm. at raw numbers. So, uh, Matt. Where were you in 2008? Okay, let's see. I, I actually saw this movie in the theaters. Um, I was 12 years old when I saw this movie. So I was like target audience for this. It was, I just, I remember thinking when I was watching the movie, I'm like, I can't wait until they make Legos for all this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, I guess you would have been. I just, and I, I, I got the monitor in front of me and I just saw uh, Steve. He kind of put his head down a little bit when you mentioned you were 12 years old in 2008, and I can very much relate. So, uh, Steve, 2008, where were you? You don't have to say how old you were, but where? <laughs> so I was working as an adult. Oh, yes. As an adult. I, you know, I missed it when it hit the theaters. I, you know, the prequels were done. We were in another dark age of Star Wars times. And somehow just never got on my radar at the time. It wasn't, you know, much like Nathan. It wasn't until years later. I think it was probably after I saw some or most of the TV series that I went back to see it, realizing, wait, there was a, I, I've always kind of considered it the pilot. Right. And I was like, oh, I know there, there's a pilot I haven't seen. Oh, let me go check this out. So uh, kind of had a, a a different viewing experience when you know all the characters already. Yes. Yeah. And especially there's a few reveals where we're going to get to mm-hmm. in a little bit. Uh, yes. For the same thing for me, 2008, I think I was, I snuck out and saw it. And again, I was, oh, God, I don't know how old I was, but anyway, I was again, I don't <laughs> job and family and whatever going on. So, and it was one of those, I think I was working on a, out of town. I was like, Oh, you got a night to yourself. It's like, oh, I'm going to sneak off and see this. This star, it's Star Wars, so I'm, I'm sure I'm going to like it. And again, this is where, yes, we had Family Guy and The Simpsons on TV, but as far as theatrical animated movies, it's, they still, 
much like a lot of the Disney stuff, it had a lot of jokes, inside jokes for the parents to giggle at, but they weren't targeted for adults. Like, so this is one of those ones where it was kind of, they're dipping their toe into, yeah, maybe we can get a broader audience with this, with this movie. So, um, here we are. It's, this is the Clone Wars. This is basically, and I think Steve, you said it best. This is like the hidden, not the hidden pilot, but this is the pilot. Cause it's uh, almost like two separate episodes, big episodes, but much in the way that the series was developed, or they do an arc over several episodes, and this was kind of just one of those rolled into you know an hour and a half movie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I, Very much. Yeah, so. I think the same thing. Um, Nathan, first, uh, let, let's. How about we go go with the obvious one? Let's get it out of the way. Um, Ahsoka Tano introduced into this movie. Um, just for me personally, right off the bat, I know everybody kind of cringed when she came on or had a really bad, Ooh, what's this? Ooh, snips. Oh, oh, wow. How come we didn't hear about this person? Sky guy. <laughs> yeah. This is going to be annoying. Uh, like, but again, now one of the most beloved star Wars characters in, in, in entire, all of star Wars. So, uh, Nathan, Ahsoka Tano, what do you think of this introduction? Like, yeah, she's not great in this. Uh, I, I love Ahsoka and I love her in the, in, like you said, later in the series is great. I mean, it it kind of flows into the opinion I have of this movie is that, like like you guys were saying, this is basically four episodes thrown together to make a movie, stitched together at the seams. You know, the animation quality, they put a little more, bit more money and effort into it. But I think it would have been better if they had taken something like the Night Sisters arc later on, a few years later and made the movie about that something that you know when when it was more polished and i mean uh, i'm not sure but i feel like the reason that they chose this arc was because i mean we all know how the clone wars was released out of order uh as it was they were able to produce it right i have a feeling that this was the only arc where they had all four episodes ready to go at the beginning and that was why they chose it because it's not I don't know. It's it's just not a great arc for a movie. <laughs> no, yeah, and I think also too. I think what you're getting at. We, I think when I saw it, I'm like, I was just happy to have it because it was Star Wars. But I didn't know it was coming. Now, in comparison, yes, it suffers from them not quite finding their footing and everything else with the rest of yeah. the series. And of course, there's way better arcs to follow. I mean, so. Yeah. I understand what you're saying there, but like when it's the, maybe it's almost better. It was the first thing we got because it's not maybe. like, Oh, we had that other, you mean the, the sons of Daphne and this and that and all of like, it's like, what now we get this. Uh, you know, yeah, um, true. Well, true. it also, it also had very familiar portions of the star Wars universe. I mean, it had Tatooine, it had Jabba, it had, you know, people were like, Oh, that's familiar. I mean, if you put the night sisters on there, no one's. Gonna yeah. Know that's a really are. good point. That's a really yeah. good point. Yeah, so um Matt, what do you think? Ahsoka, like this is her debut and and this this is this character again, huge arc and what a like even her leaving the Jedi Order eventually, like what a when you're talking about introduction to where it ends up and even now after Rebels, like holy crap, this is this is something else. Right, right. I uh, I have to agree with Nathan. She's not great in this movie. Um as as the character progresses throughout the Clone Wars, she gets I think with each season she gets better. For me, she's not like, you know, my favorite character for me. She, you know, she's like, you know, m- you know, meh. But like, you know, I think she's a, a great character now, especially 
after all the development that they've put into her. But yeah, I, I agree with Nathan. And here she's, uh, she, she made, even at 12 years old, I was like, what? <laughs> you didn't like fly guy. <laughs> no, so, we'll, we'll get into the, yeah, part. I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> um, Steve, here's this huge character. What do you, what are you thinking? So it's interesting. I was talking to somebody, it might've been last night about the development of Ahsoka and one of the things that I think Filoni has proven over time is that he knows how to play the long game, right? Mm -hmm. So there's clearly this character development where, you know, she starts out quote unquote snippy and yes. a little irreverent and disrespectful. And she's trying to prove herself and develops into, you know, as we've said, you know, one of the most beloved Star Wars characters of all time. Now, I wonder how much of that was simply, oh, wait, we've got another couple episodes. Let's see what we want to do with her now versus I have a plan. Yeah, that would be interesting to know. Like if he had the general arc later, but, and you know what? I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to say, yeah, I think I don't know for sure, but um, hearing from Filoni mm. um, being really disappointed about not being able to finish the Clone Wars, I think you might be onto something there, Steve, because. Mm -hmm. yeah as, as far as, yeah Filoni's Filoni's a genius he really yeah, is as far as, yeah as far as overall arcs you might be on to something like he must have like, I there's something else yeah he may not have sketched it out you know to the nth degree of detail but I I suspect he knew the flow of how he wanted to develop her over time he had the plan for the whole series that just would not surprise me as being part of it yeah yeah I'd imagine he had a basic idea but I mean, her what her fate would end up being was really up in the air for a while because uh, he and Lucas would argue back and forth about whether she survived the mm. series or not, mm. right? Whether she survived past uh, Revenge of the Sith. So, so he may have had that thought, but whether it would have happened, I mean, it could have gone either way. Sure. Really, well, and, and again, with mm -hmm. this one character, while we're on her, it was dealt with. Um, it was, I think it, it was, it, they had a great handle on it because they had to deal with the fact she wasn't in Revenge of the Sith. And that's what everybody mm -hmm. said. Oh, they're going to kill Ahsoka. They're going to kill Ahsoka. And that's why when they eventually killed her off. I know we're veering a little bit off the movie, but it's kind of hard not to when it's literally part of a, yeah. a whole package. So, um, yeah, I think I think from the get-go, I think you guys are right. Like from They must have had some sort of arc because they knew they had to deal with her eventually. I mean, and what, and instead of killing her, what a better way, have her actually leave the order. And, and, perfect, and especially perfect, when, yeah. when we're talking about this movie and how she was introduced and how eager and the young Padawan and even the, her look is different. It's that big, big eyed, wide eyed, you mean, kid that just wants to please. It's, it's, but I'll say this. She, she's so bad in this movie that she put off Obi-Wan from ever getting another Padawan. <laughs> <laughs> he had like two, three years. He could have took out another apprentice, and he never did. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, awesome. Okay. Well, Nathan, uh, while you're on the roll, there, Matt brought this up earlier. The humor in this movie. This is a different. I know we have. Oh, it's. Well, I got a bad feeling about this. There's the the jokes, the general Star Wars jokes. But what are you thinking about? You mean Fly Guy and Snippy and and Stinky and. <laughs> Oh, that stuff's horrible. Where it gets good is the uh, is the 
and this goes through the whole series, but the Obi-Wan adventurous banter. Yes. You've got like a real Mr. and Mrs. Smith thing going on, right? My favorite quote of Obi-Wan's and this is, you'll have to do better than that, my darling. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, it's great. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, oh, Matt, what do you think? You just wanted, you want to touch on this, the humor of this movie? Like, what is it? Okay, yeah, I'll, I'm a DC guy, so I'm a no jokes guy. But um, the the I think the I think the the funny thing about this movie is that uh, there's there's a, a part of the movie where it's extremely serious and clones are dropping like flies, and then you cut over and you have Anakin and Ahsoka making a game of it. Yeah. And I remember sitting there watching it, and I'm like, okay, these clones are like in a, a gritty movie, and they're getting blown to pieces, and like it's a it's pretty serious. Yeah. I mean, like. You know, one clone comes up, hits it, hits the droid with his gun, and then he gets shot, and it's, it's pretty brutal. And then you have over, and they're kind of like making a game out of it. And and for me, that kind of just that that juxtaposition of a seriousness and then a, a them joking about it never really worked. And for me, the Obi Wan Ventress fight, though I enjoy some of it, I think a lot of the talking was just too much. I think they talked a little too much in that fight, and I think I think it could have been cut. But I mean, I understand why the humor was there, but like. Even as a 12-year-old kid, I'm like, nah, it's not for me. <laughs> I think some of that was Filoni probably going for the uh, Gimli and Legolas dynamic. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, yep, he's a big yeah. Lord of the Rings fan, so. Yeah, I, yeah that's I true. I can see that's that. Uh, Steve, now you're again, you're probably like myself, a little bit more seasoned going into this. Um, what do you think? Is it just, is, it just uh, is the humor playing... To a, to a younger audience, or is it just uh, just sometimes it misses, or is it just something like that? Well, it's probably it's probably all of the above. To be honest, is it's it's a way for Filoni to lighten the mood, and it's a it's a cartoon, and so you're you're aiming it towards younger demographic, so you can be kind of cheesy, kind of over the top ish, and appeal to that demographic. But at the same time, you know the the humor, you know the 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 playful banter between Ventress and Obi Wan is just become famous over time. You know yes. they're constantly flirting with each other, um, and even you know the kind of the lame jokes that Ahsoka makes. She's a young Padawan, and she's she's overly anxious to try and prove herself being worthy and and being old enough. So some of that you you can kind of say, well, it's it's a nervous behavior making these bad jokes, and you know you can you can try it. I trying to excuse it, apologize it, explain it. Um, it, one way or the other, it kind of works for me, but yep. there again, I have kind of the reverse perspective of I saw the series, so I was used to it. Yes. Uh, well, also to touch on mm-hmm. what you were saying with Ahsoka saying, um, like trying to fit in and that awkwardness and, and uh, considering her, the age of, of Ahsoka in this mm-hmm. movie, it's the same thing I remember doing when we did the attack of the clones, uh, retrospective mm-hmm. and thinking about Anakin and how cringy his dialogue is, oh. but I mm-hmm. had to add, if we all had a tape recorder from when we were 16 and 17, talking to whoever it was that stole our heart in high school, the dialogue coming out of our mouths would have been just as cringeworthy, I am quite sure. Oh, uh, there's nothing worse than a 14-year-old trying to <laughs> Yeah, or, or yeah, bringing up sand. Yeah, or sand gets everywhere. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think you're right, Steve. The, 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 her humor, anyway, is very mm. age-appropriate to the character. Like, right, it, yep. It makes sense in that in, I never thought of it that way. Like, it's like, oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, of course. Like, she's 14. She, 
should be, of course, she'd be making stupid jokes. Yeah. I love the part where she uh, is joking with the clones about how she saved Anakin, though. I found that to be like really touching. <laughs> Like where she's like saving the general and then they all start laughing like that. That made so much sense. That yep. was perfect. Absolutely. Okay. Well, let's move on. Let's roll over. Um, Dooku. We have Dooku and Anakin kind of meeting up. and Christ- Christopher Lee yes. Dooku. Yeah. Yeah, boy. exactly. So um, Nathan, what do you think of this dude? Like uh, this is, we've seen him, but now we're getting a better, like almost these characters we had in the movie. Now we knew Anakin, Obi Wan. We knew a lot of them. You mean Padme? But now that we got this Dooku guy that came in and out once in a while, and here he is. Like, what? What, what are you thinking about? Especially with him, the the saber fights and all that other stuff. Uh, I, I don't think that there's much more here. I don't think we get much more here from him than we do in his short appearances in in both movies. I mean, he he develops a little bit especially his relationship with uh, Sidious through the series. But just his his appearance in this movie doesn't really do anything for Were the character. Were you surprised that they just kind of ripped off the Band-Aid about, you mean, oh, I with uh, Anakin, you mean, with his, uh, oh, you were, uh, your powers have doubled since the last time we met? And we thought in Revenge of the Sith, we thought they were talking about their meetup in Attack of the Clones, but no, clearly they met up in between. Yeah, it's it's just one of those things. I mean, how many of those things are there in Star Wars where we just have to, you know, come up with a justification for it in your head, right? Like, I mean, it's it's just another one of those things. It's I don't think it bothered me the first time I I really thought about it, but it's it definitely doesn't. Well, it's bother almost me now. like especially later on in the series when we think about Anakin, we knew that he couldn't really meet up with Grievous. Because of the dialogue yeah. and range of the Sith. So you're immediately handcuffed. But I think with with them saying, oh, your powers of Dooku saying, oh, your powers of double. Like they literally went in this movie, ripped that bandit off. Okay, now you can deal with it. Now they can have all the wonderful. It's out of the way. It's done. Yeah, it's one, one line in one movie. Yes. You know, said offhand. You yeah, know, in banter between two characters, Star Wars, and I'm, yeah, I know. I'm not going to speak for entire fan, but 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 Rob, counterpoint. Yes, it's Star Wars. Exactly, <laughs> you're absolutely right. Wizards in space. Wizards in space. Okay. Uh, now, Matthew, what are you thinking? This uh, we got. I actually, I actually don't think that that line messes up continuity. No, no. For me, no. I always took it. I understand that, but I just, but when you're watching the movie, you're thinking, oh. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah I remember. It yeah, sort remember of alters the continuity, yeah. alters yeah, exactly. the meaning of it. it. It does change it, yeah, because you're like, okay, this is the last time they met, and then you just keep going down the series every time they met. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, actually, I enjoyed Dooku in this film. Um, I didn't like his beard design. I never liked his beard design in the in the whole series. Like, it just looked awful. <laughs> Too angular? Um, <laughs> like, I don't know what was wrong. I don't know what was up with it. It was just... It was weird in the back too, but anyway, uh, I really liked it. Um, I didn't actually have a, I, yeah, I have to agree with Nathan. I don't think it, it did too much to his character, much like, uh, you and Tim talk about on the comics. They kind of picked up the character, used him for a little bit, and put him back right where he started. Yeah. So, yeah. um, though Dooku never really got, a, a, a tremendous amount of character development, even in the movies. Right. Um, I mean, he's only in Avenge of the Sith for like five minutes. So, yeah. Um, no, but I, I enjoyed Dooku there. I think, uh, I think having Ventress in there also uh, as a, as another Sith actually added so much to it because she was one of those characters that you could use and could fail. Right. And you didn't have to put it all on Dooku. Cause I, 
if Dooku failed all the time, it would just look ridiculous. Yeah. And, you know, it kind of gave him, kept his dignity a little more. Well, yeah, it would be like Inspector Gadget's Dr. Claw. I'll get you next time, Gadget. Yeah. Like, it would get a little like, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, okay, of course, you know, like... <laughs> <laughs> a little 66 batman yeah yeah exactly so it's uh steve <laughs> Yuku, like what are you thinking like it's they used him how they needed to use him he doesn't have to become a front and center character for the story they're telling he he needs to be that back piece he's he's that interface between the story and sidious right right so he's really there to to, to keep that connection going he's the He's the menacing baddie in the background and he just, he's pulling the strings and doing the stuff. And, and uh, you know, at, you know, his, his play with Jabba, you know, the whole kind of double crossing plot. Yeah. Helps convey how sinister they are and the, mm-hmm. you know, the extent they'll go messing with these, these major forces in the galaxy, you know, the Hutt cartel being one of them to, uh, yep. That's a good and, point. and risking so much in doing that. So he, he played, you know, he was a plot element for this, for this arc, if you will. Yeah, no, I, I agreed. If, uh, well, okay. Well, how about, uh, okay. we got all these characters. We introduced snips. We got all this other stuff. Uh, would you think this movie maybe would have been better served if, if Netflix was more of a platform or if, or if streaming services was more of a thing 11 years ago, like, you, would you think it would have seen the theater or would have been, here's this movie and like straight, straight to uh to video on demand. You mean like instead of a theatrical release? I wonder if it would have had the impact in, mm. in that case. Yes. That's what I'm thinking. Mm. Right? Because and I wonder how big of an impact, you know, uh, the Disney plus shows are going to have because shows are released on these streaming platforms now. And, and, I have a feeling Disney Plus is going to do the the weekly episode release, but like you know, especially the Netflix model where they dump a season at a time yes. for binging. You know, it's it's talked about for a week and then everybody forgets about it. They're on to the next thing. I wonder if that would have been a similar situation. Yeah, that, that, that's that what case. I'm saying. Like obviously, because it's kind of one of these things, and whenever. Even I was asked earlier, it's like, you guys going to do a retrospective on the Clone Wars movie? I'm like, yes, of course. It's a theatrical release. It it had its, and because of that, it had its moment, right? Like, just like, Mm -hmm. so I'm just thinking if now we're only 11 years forward, like, um, that's what I'm thinking is like, if they had Netflix, they would have just, oh, drop it on Netflix. Here's the pilot movie, movie long pilot, like a movie link pilot. And then continued from there. Like it just, it just seems, I don't know if it would have been better served or like you said, Nathan, maybe it would have been just flash in the pan and then gone. Mm -hmm. Um, Matt, what do you, I know you were a lot younger when it came out. So this is, I know Netflix has always kind of probably just been a thing. (laughs) You've always known. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It has been. Yeah. Um, gee, I don't know. I, uh, if Netflix was more popular, Right. Those 11 years ago, I, I definitely would have think there would have been probably something similar to that. Right. But um, n- nowadays, I think even animated movies are getting a little more uh, time in the sun, like uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, right. very big release. So I don't actually think, oh, gee, that's tough. I'm going to say probably it still gets released theatrically. Yeah. Just because I just I think I think it was back then Star Wars was kind of one of those things that was just still unstoppable 
Yeah. Well, okay. like you said, it made a lot of money. Oh, of course. Yeah. And, and yeah. Uh, well, Steve, I'm going to throw it the other way. Oh. I'm going to say, okay, if this came out, you mean in let's say, uh, 86, uh-huh. would it, would it have had like a blockbuster appeal? Like I know it wouldn't have met up with like after everybody's just finishing seeing Jedi, but you know, because it's one of those borderline Netflix shows and it was came out a decade early before, or even five years early before the big rush to Netflix. So maybe back in the eighties, would this would have been different? Would have been a, well, this is interesting because back in the eighties, that was your only platform was theatrical release. Yes. So yeah. that was it. Now- and we also didn't have the, um, it, like it was, you had to, you'd almost have to bring your kid oh, sure. or bring your younger brother because it was a cartoon. Oh, unquote. that's right. You, you needed them to justify why you as an adult were there. Yes. <laughs> so no one looked at you weird. <laughs> yeah. Well, and of course, of course, there's lots of it's it it's in the middle of the prequel, so it wouldn't make any sense at all. I'm just I'm just trying to get a feel as far as the release of this movie because again, it's I, we get asked, is it part of the Star Wars movies? And it, it was a theatrical release, so of course it is. But you, there's always an asterisk for some reason, and I'm just wondering how the asterisk would have played in today's date, and you know, in 30 years ago. You know I mean, so it just it just doesn't it's, seem like ah, it might have been a blockbuster. I don't know. It, it's so hard to compare because it was such such a different world back then, and you you didn't see major franchises coming out with cartoon theatrical releases in the mid eighties. Yeah. It it just, I mean, even Transformers, as big as it was, didn't get you know their big movie until late eighties, maybe. Early nineties. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, but mm. so even for the time it was released, I'm going to pull it back. And this was the time when George was still running everything. So it wasn't the mm-hmm. Disney era. So even if Netflix was as big, you have to think about the business aspect. I always kind of go and and think, okay, well, if we invest this money in, you know, if we invest this eight point five million dollars, where are we going to get m- the best return? Is it going to be on Netflix where we're taking I see. I don't know how Netflix deals are, are written, but certainly in doing yeah. a theatrical release, you're probably getting a bigger chunk of the money. Of course. So, and you know, earning what, 68 million off of 8.5. That's a wonderful return. I don't care how much you market oh. it. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah, exactly. Like, Not to mention the merchandise. Though. Oh my God. The merchandising. Oh, yeah. <laughs> merchandising. Merchandising. <laughs> <Hi>, yogurt. <laughs> Yeah. Well, as long as we're playing hypotheticals, let's just consider that there is a a different world where this movie was a Pixar movie. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That would be. (laughs) And also, too, and and again, we're talking like eras. I know it's all hypotheticals, and, and but if like if you're looking at eyeballs, like if I say if I had a small project. And I wanted to put it either on like Crave TV up here in Canada or Netflix. Like, and I wanted it on Netflix because of the global audience, right? You wanted, mm-hmm. you wanted to reach more people. And again, at the time, considering in 2008, I know it doesn't, it's not, it's not generations ago, but it was still in as far as how we enjoy our movie going experience. It is completely different landscape now. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think, yeah, the, the theatrical release was probably the best bet considering you know instead of having it yep. sitting on the shelf at blockbuster 
which would have happened. Like, the, for those <laughs> you know, that still remember what Blockbuster was. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Okay, I, I'm going to spin it around the table again, and we're going to jump off hypotheticals. Uh, highlights, favorite parts of the movie. Uh, Nathan, what do you, is there, what'd you take away from this? I know, again, we're not going to have the, the oh, I, uh, the, the Darth Vader, I'm your father reveal, but... What, what, what do you what do you think of Nathan? What do you? Oh, I've got I've got a few. Uh, one of my favorite parts is, and <laughs> I mean, this is purely to make it sort of that Cartoon Network, give it that Cartoon Network feeling. But it's <laughs> the music when they're scaling the cliff, right? You, you know, you're in a Star Wars movie, and they start climbing this cliff, and all of a sudden, the Batman Beyond theme starts playing. <laughs> 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 it's, it's so over the top and ridiculous but uh, i mean you see what they were going for and, and i appreciate it for that but it's 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 more amusing to me than anything uh, but i also liked uh r2d2 wearing a papoose <laughs> i mean i never i never thought i would see that you know Piers Morgan would call it emasculating. Yes, you know, of course. But uh, <laughs> uh, one thing I did like was uh, how uh, angry Anakin was about having to go back to Tatooine. Yes, uh, you know, he says, "I never hoped I never would have to go back to this dust ball or whatever it is." He says something along those lines, and it made me think. You know, we we see how angry Vader is at the beginning of A New Hope. Yep. And, you know, since Rogue One came out, we're like, oh, he's pissed off because, you know, he went through so much and they got away and he's just angry about that. Yeah. But I think he's angry because he never wanted to lay eyes on Tatooine again. Well, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's got sand. Right. It gets everywhere. Yeah. So I, I never, yeah, I never considered it like that. Like the mere fact that he's in Tatooine space just mm -hmm. probably is getting under his, his very crispy skin. <laughs> Uh, yeah i absolutely I, i'm i'm I, I agree with you it's 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 done uh, for me the movie there are stuff like the for me i'm sure steve you're gonna i don't know if you'd appreciate it but the the saber fighting in the animation was something completely new i'll let you go on about that in a second <laughs> um uh, this the fact that they they kind of did a wink to anakin and padme's relationship they didn't, mm -hmm. make, they didn't make a meal of it it was just there and we knew it and we saw it, them seeing each other in hologram and kind of having to be a little more composed. Again, uh, the animation style was pretty cool. It was uh, snips again. I was like, eh, okay, but I've learned to love her. And, and eventually <laughs> stinky was a little off putting, but then again, I was what 35 when it came out or <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> come on. <laughs> so I, and some things I took with a grain of salt and some things I said, okay, yeah, you're watching an animated film, but yeah, I thought it was, I, there's tons of spots. I, I really, really loved about this movie. Uh, Matt, what are your, uh, what's your, what's your favorite parts about this? I'd have to say my favorite parts about this film are the clones. Um, coming off of this film, it came out in 2008. So I was always playing the star Wars battlefront two game. Right. And that just made me fall in love with the clones. So just, just to see them in action and seeing all that uh, just really kind of gritty action was really fascinating. And I love seeing them kind of work more as a, a unit together. Um, I also love that we actually have Anakin meeting Jabba the Hutt. Yes. I don't think he ever had. So I thought 
I thought it was kind of neat to see that parallel between when Luke would stand before Jabba. Very kind of an interesting thing. I do enjoy the lightsaber fights. Uh, you know, of course, hearing the LAT gunship sound is just <laughs> always good. So, yeah, no, a lot of good stuff in this film. I think my favorite part would have to be the the beginning battle on Christophsis. I think that was kind of fascinating. Yeah. You know, the, all the clones with the cannons, very military, you know, protect the cannons as Anakin and Ahsoka sneak behind yeah. and take that out. That was very cool. I always I always enjoyed that. I also liked uh, seeing uh, – then take on droidicas in the in that part so i really enjoyed it love it yeah and also and let's not forget when they sat down and had refreshment and they ordered to get some liquid uh, <laughs> you know, yeah yeah, yeah not one of kenobi's <laughs> finest moments no not one of his <laughs> finest but then i hey i i've been in i've had my moments where i've just been able to say liquid like just it's refreshment like well, Kenobi has a drinking problem. It's 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 obvious throughout the series. I mean, he's always drinking. He is getting yeah. a drink. <laughs> true. Yeah. yeah, Commander exactly. Cody and Mopar. <laughs> yeah, Commander Cody and Mopar. The thing I do like about that part, though, is uh, you know, Grievous refers to him as the negotiator. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In Revenge of the Sith, right? So, so it kind of this kind of sets that precedent of you know. Obi-Wan is one to sit down and negotiate, even if it's, you know, a ploy to distract, right? Yeah, well, and, absolutely. And that, if you understand kind of the subclasses of Jedi, Obi-Wan is a consular, which by definition is more of a diplomat. He's more likely to sit down and figure mm-hmm. it out rather than draw a saber. So it completely fits the point. Oh, Steve dropping knowledge. Well, you know, <laughs> I've done some research. Does some okay. Well, let, well, let's let's expand on that, Steve. Then while we that's can, awesome, that's awesome. Yeah. So okay. So and again, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask the animation with the uh, with the with the saber fighting. Well, so I might be that guy that likes to analyze those things. Of course, you know, be, being as you know, <laughs> for, for those who aren't fully aware, I help run a lightsaber combat school, so uh, we we get kind of deep into this. So the one thing I really noticed this time around i i watched it this afternoon because homework ahsoka in this show which is different from the rest of the series and i'm gonna have to start watching the series all over again to figure out where it changes but she usually carries two lightsabers but in this movie she she only carries one green lightsaber right now Analyzing her fighting style, she uses what we call Form 5, um, a variant uh, called Xi'an, which is when she holds it in the reverse grip. And you see she, you see her do that throughout the entire Clone Wars TV series. She's always using that reverse grip. And so looking at other notable uh, people who use that same style, well, if you understand Ahsoka, she was brought into the Jedi Order by none other than uh, Plo Koon, who is also very proficient in Xi'an. Oh, so you okay. start seeing some some of these little connect, connected dots that fill in, you know, just some some backstory, some universe building. So I really appreciated kind of that 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 detail that they put in there that nobody would notice, but for you know the three of us people on the planet that do <laughs> are just like, dude, that's so awesome. Well, yeah, because you'd have to be into into saber fighting and or I don't know what the exact terminology is, it or even fencing or sword fighting or whatever. You mean, and also too, love Star Wars. Mm, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, 
And 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 you. Well, and, go, sorry. Go and Floney would know. Floney would know that too because Flo Koon's his favorite character. Yes. So really, he would have probably caught on to that right away. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Wow. And uh, Steve, that's fantastic. I do my homework. And who? <laughs> and who? Uh, <laughs> Uh, the, the guy that voiced voice, sorry, the guy that voiced uh, Obi Wan, Taylor, James Arnold Taylor, James, James, Arnold, James Taylor. Arnold Taylor, yes, yes. Chat. he uh, he he also was able to create. He's very proud of Lokoon because he created that was his his character. Yep. You know, he, all the other characters he did on the show, he was looking, watching the movies, copying, Mimic, mimicking, yeah, yeah, exactly, impersonating. But that was the one where he could be like, no, that's mine. Right, started right. and he's the only one to do it. So, and okay, so also, um, Steve with the with the sword play, uh, you know, um, I know, I don't know tons about it, but I know, you, whenever you see somebody in a saber fight, mm-hmm. it's not just tapping swords, and, and that that must drive you insane because it what it's like. No, you're not aiming to tap the other person's sword. You're aiming to what they do in Star Wars. Hack off a limb, inflict damage, <laughs> shall we say? Inflict damage, exactly. Yes. Yeah, yes. like if you if you and your uh, little brother or, or, or you mean a little sister ever on a Christmas morning with all the wrapping paper tubes and had a sword fight, you just stand there and and snap the tubes against each other. It's like no, that's not how it goes. If you were actually in a sword fight, you would be dead very quickly. I'm quite sure. Yes, because <laughs> if your objective was to tap the other person's sword, well, <laughs> that's easy. You know, so. Very yeah, Darth it is. Maul v uh, Obi Wan in the uh, uh, <laughs> in New Hope. Sons? Yes. Uh, no, uh, no, Darth Maul fighting Obi Wan in the later Rebel series. Right. In, in Twin Sons, yeah, that was the episode. Yeah. Yeah, Twin yeah. Sons. Yeah. No, that's 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 exactly how it is in real life when you're trying to you know score a point. But you know, even from our point of view, they're doing it to look cool on screen. It's it's stage it's stage combat. So. Okay. That's fine. That's great. But when they add in those real life elements where there are, you know, the, these good reasons for doing something this way or that way. And yes. Ahsoka using her style in the way she does, even in a reverse grip, which is a very advanced style, by the way, she's doing it. That style was developed to deflect blaster bolts back at their origin. There's another form 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 uh, form three Ceresso, which Obi-Wan is a master of that was developed to deflect bolts, not necessarily to redirect them to the origin. And so later on, Shien was developed to redirect back to the origin. So there's a, there's an interesting dichotomy there between Obi-Wan style and Ahsoka style. Yes. That's awesome. And then to make it even more interesting, Anakin's style is called Jim So, which is the powerful variant of Form 5, which is just kind of another version of Ahsoka style. And Alec Guinness is Obi-Wan in New Hope. What style was that? <laughs> just. <laughs> that was. Um, Alec Guinness style. That's Mercy Hill's retirement home form. <laughs> I, I gotta, I gotta ask you, Steve. Please. I gotta ask you. So, in the, in, in the, uh, when we see the, the prequel trilogy, and we have Obi Wan and Anakin fighting, is their form consistent throughout the, the uh, show and the movies? No. Or do they, they dump no. around? Uh, what they show in the uh, movies is all choreography, and they've even, they've even said what they did in the movies is, is certainly in the OT and, and even in the PT 
it was pure stage combat. They made it up. They weren't okay. trying to, at that point, they were not trying to adhere to any standards of this is how so-and-so fights and so-and-so fights. That was all just made up by Nick What's-His-Face. And, you know, them sitting there, yeah, them sitting there just spinning their sabers back and forth just kind of kills a little part of my soul. Would any of that have existed before episode one? Like, would those forms have been developed? In universe or in, you know, the... No, no, in in reality. Oh, uh, <laughs> no, because the lightsaber forms we talk no. about are adapted. There was a, I think it, they first got mentioned in the Star Wars Insider article in 2001. And so he wouldn't have had anything to go off of anyway. Yeah, and and there it was just lightly touched upon. It was kind of further developed later. You know, there was some more verbiage put around it when the Jedi Path book came out, but it still wasn't fully fleshed out. You you really had to you know from that fill in a lot of gaps to make it a, a real life actual thing. So so what what I was just to steer it back to the Clone Wars movie. Oh yeah, now, that's what we were talking now, about. Yeah. <laughs> And because we have Steve here, so if there's a direct path. If I just, just from a, a casual viewer, I, I have no, no, I know nothing about sword fighting other than Christmas morning with the empty tubes. So I see New Hope. I'm like, okay, tap, 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 and then it, get, it gets a little more. It gets a, it gets more exciting visually, and then the prequels come out, and of course that huge battle is just amazing on screen. Mm -hmm. But and then you start seeing Clone Wars where it's it's adding like you said a little bit more forms of living and, and a little bit more thought put into it mm -hmm. and then when you get down to rebels when uh when obi-wan beats darth maul he presents himself just the same way qui-gon did yeah. darth more darth maul retaliates retaliates and then obi-wan knows he has him and then he switches it up and he, and he goes for the death real quick so uh, i'm assuming that is more exactly the way it would go if you I mean like it, if compare it when you watch the flow. Yep. So with the Clone Wars, they they've actually started something here. Yep. With giving a lot more reality, a lot more realism to the, the actual saber fights. No, you're absolutely right. And the 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 Maul and Obi Wan fight in Twin Suns, even in the stuff that we practice I and mean, we go to tournaments and whatnot. Though you know, getting a point or you know, to the to you know what, what Obi Wan and the Maul were doing was essentially somebody gets a point, you've inflicted damage, you kill somebody. Those are over in seconds. It's not usually a long drawn yeah. out thing unless you're dancing around each other, kind of going, "You go first. Who goes first here? You." Yeah. Um, but then, well, you just wouldn't have the energy, oh, right? right? Well, that, yeah. <laughs> but the other thing that's interesting to know, I'm glad you brought up that scene because it did it, it, one of the really interesting parts of that scene is when they first stare, stand off against each other. Obi-Wan goes through three stances mm -hmm. and it really ultimately reflects his own development and progression over time. The first is more of a Qui-Gon style. He holds the hill off to the side then mm -hmm. he holds it in front of him, and then he puts his two fingers out there, in a in an older Obi Wan style. Yeah. It, it's it shows his evolution of his own training over time in that like three second clip. It's just and, phenomenal. And at the same at the same time too, it's causing Maul to tip his hand. Oh yeah, because he know because he knows how 
how he would react to these different poses. Yeah, he he already right. knows why Maul is there, and he already has the upper hand. He's done. Yeah, at that, he he has the high ground. <laughs> Man, who knew Star Wars was so cool? <laughs> <laughs> now I wonder, does the would you say the Force has anything to to do with it? Because it allows uh, the Jedi or the Sith to see things before they're happening. So would that that influence how they would fight? You know, and maybe make it a longer conflict. And in that case, it was just that. Obi-Wan was so much superior in the force than Maul was at that moment that just Obi-Wan could. Okay. Well, well, let let me, let me reward that just a slight little bit. Uh, Steve, if you were like when Obi-Wan and Anakin went at it in revenge of the Sith, is it because of their, their split second prior knowledge to where the other person was going? Maybe that could explain some of the lightsaber tappy. So every, everyone has kind of a different affinity with the force. So, some people have more of that um, connection to, to predictive behavior. They can see things coming faster. Other people are better, you know, starfighter pilots. Other people are better at this. Other people are better at that. Just everybody has their own special connection to the Force. So Obi-Wan was a, a master of his saber form. He was, you know, the master of Suresu. So being good in that dueling form he's got to have that affinity for that, that, you know, three millisecond advantage of, of knowing what's coming next. Maul, on the other hand, not so much that way. He's very acrobatic and he's very powerful, but he, he's never, you've never really seen him have that predictive um, advantage too much. Cause when he does fight, he's very emotional and that takes over from, the peace and the calm where you can listen to the force and see, you know, maybe three milliseconds ahead. So, so Maul, especially at that point, he's just out of his mind. Yes, exactly. Well, this is awesome. And Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan knows that Maul is always the aggressor, but uh, I also want to point out that, you know, people speculate all the time about whether Vader's midichlorian count went down after he lost all his limbs. But nobody talks about whether Maul's midichlorian count went down when he lost his lower well, half. Well, maybe his testosterone so. a little bit, but other than that. Uh, <laughs> there's a few counts that might be down. As- Kenobi! <laughs> he was reaching those high notes after that, that's true. He was, yes. Okay, well, let's steer this back to the Clone Wars movie. And again, I know we went off on a little tangent, but we have Steve here, so it's a it's 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 an it was glorious. Yeah, it's an excellent opportunity to pick your brains. Please. Okay, so um, just to almost end it up here. This we have the uh, the Tartakovsky Clone Wars that came out. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad you brought this up. Mm-hmm. Okay, so anyway, so I'll let you start then, Steve. Um, this was a little thing that came out prior to the Clone Wars. It was a Clone Wars. It's canon. It's not canon. Did it influence you watching this, starting watching this movie in this series, or what? Are, what are your thoughts? Did it influence me? Uh, so, like, like you know what I mean? Like, like because it, it did come out beforehand, right? But so I didn't had see this... it until years later. Oh, okay. So again, mm. like I, I had no idea. So. Um, when I did find out about it, I'm like, oh, hello there. What's this? Oh, I must watch. Yeah, what's this thing? <laughs> New Star Wars. I know. So what, what I have been really interested in in the last couple months, truth be told, is kind of doing the compare and contrast between Tartakovsky Clone Wars and, as I mangled it, um, the Colony Clone Wars. 
colonial. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, because we do get the introduction of, of uh, Ventress and like, it's not like this isn't Clone Wars movie. Wasn't the, the, the birth of a lot of these. Yeah. These, these and so characters. it's interesting seeing some of the mini arcs within Tartakovsky or some of the characters or some of, you know, some of the elements Floney just picked up and used. So yeah, Rex. Rex was fantastic. The the Ark Troopers. You've got Grievous. Grievous, I guess, was was already introduced, but really expanded upon it and gave him a reason why he has wheezy breathing. Thank you, Mace Windu. Yep. Um, and and all sorts of little things. Even the battle on on Moncala ended up being you know, an arc that Floney picked up and tweaked a little bit, but reused. So yep. Tartakovsky ended up, interestingly enough, being kind of a base for the future Filoni Clone Wars. Well, and that's what that's what I'm getting at to tie into the Clone Wars movie. Like this is the, this is your influence right here. I mean, this is something. Um, mm-hmm. um, Nathan, did you were you aware of this other thing going on at the time? Or I saw the entire Tarkovsky. Clone Wars before I saw Revenge of the Sith. Oh, fantastic. So I would say that that influenced my viewing of Revenge of the Sith more than it influenced my viewing of this movie uh, or the rest of the series. Um, you know, like like you said, the, the whole uh, kidnapping of the Chancellor on Coruscant and the the origin of Grievous's cough and that kind of thing and the introduction of Grievous itself. I mean, you know, everybody knows how terrifying Grievous is in that series. Uh, so it was it was a really cool introduction to those new characters. One of my favorite characters from that series is Dirge, uh, the bounty mm-hmm. hunter. Right. Uh, that's hired by the Separatists on uh, what is he defending the banking yep. clan, uh, and he's leading a bunch of the IG droids on speeder bikes. I mean, that's so cool yeah. with lances. <laughs> lances. With lances. <laughs> Yeah, well, and and that's the first time we see Obi Wan's clone armor, I think, too, right? Yeah. So it's also the origin of that. Ventress, um, right? Yep. And then, well, actually, I, I want to say that Ventress had shown up in the comics before even the Tarkovsky series. Mm, okay. Okay. Uh, but she definitely showed up in the comics. She definitely showed up in the comics after. Um, but it's interesting that uh, originally Cad Bane was going to be Dirge. Mm. Right, and uh, and it got changed obviously at some point mm. in the process. But I really wish Dirge had shown up in this series, and I think he would have been like really cool to have in this movie. Actually, thinking about it, even like I don't know, as as someone that Ventress was ordering around, like uh, I think that would have been really cool. Yeah, but anyway, no. So yeah, but that's that's why I brought it up in the first. Uh, in the, I'm glad you. It's it's rare to hear somebody actually seeing it in in order of release. And, and mm-hmm. yeah, um, Matt, did you uh, did you when did you stumble upon that? Did I, what I basically want to know is it, did it influence you watching the Clone Wars movie or did you just fall upon it later? Actually, I don't remember. I've never actually seen all of the. I'm not going to pronounce his name. I can't. Tartakovsky. Uh, Tartakovsky. There we go. Okay. I haven't seen all of the Tartakovsky Clone Wars. I've seen clips and stuff. I don't remember when I saw it. Um, I don't think it had much of an influence on. I definitely didn't see it before Revenge of the Sith. So I don't. I don't think it had much of an influence on my viewing of this this film. Right. 
Okay, so um, well, here we go. We're uh, nearing the end of our hour, and again, this is obviously not a beat for beat <laughs> recap of the Clone Wars movie. This is just a general discussion amongst friends. So I'm going to throw it uh, around the table again. I'm going to start with Nathan. Final thoughts on the Clone Wars movie? <laughs> uh, yeah, like I said, I don't think it's it's the best arc for this series to be gone on. Um, I, I definitely think there are better stories in the series that they could have picked episodes out of to make the movie. Um, the animation style is gorgeous and, and they really, like I said, put more resources into the look of uh, the animation in the movie, uh, even beyond where they were uh, in the TV episodes that were being released around the same time. Um, I will say it's 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 fun to go back and and watch this and watch the earlier uh, episodes of the TV series and then contrast them with the later ones. I mean, like in this movie, uh, we were talking about how cool the opening battle on Christophsis is, but a lot of those shots are uh, like panning shots and. Uh, and like like uh, steady cam shots almost, and there's a lot of shaking and stuff, yep. and there's a lot of the the characters are moving a lot more. But uh, like when you've got like a like a tracking shot, like there's an early tracking shot, I think it's of Anakin or Obi Wan, one of them, on the bridge of a uh, of a Republic cruiser, and it's just a, a tracking shot watching them walk, and it's like an episode of reboot. It's <laughs> It's, it's it's so stiff and clunky and terrible and and it really helps when they can hide a lot of that clunkiness when they have the camera moving or they have you know a lot of characters moving at once or moving more dynamically but when they're trying to simulate just walking yes it's it's it's, it's really brutal to watch yeah the slower the action uh, the harder it is to mm-hmm. Make it yeah, hide it. your mistakes, yeah. really. <laughs> but uh, but the actual art style, I mean, it still looks gorgeous, and I think that's why part of why it holds up is is that art style that they went with. Yeah. Uh, for the for the movie and the series, obviously, but I mean, it still looks gorgeous. Like I've I've got had it playing while we've been recording on the TV, mm-hmm. and like it just showed the uh, the scene of Padme visiting the Chancellor. Mm-hmm to find out what's been going on with with Anakin and, and all of them. And like there's this purple orange sunset on Coruscant outside the Chancellor's window and it's it's just gorgeous to look at. Uh it's just too bad the animation wasn't at the level that the art was at that time. And is it weird that Padme is very attractive for an animation? <laughs> Well, I mean, I noticed that. No, yeah. It's appropriate <laughs> because Padme is very attractive. Yeah. <laughs> that is true. But I think I think the movie is fine. Uh, you know, it could have been better. It it sh- really it should have just been four episodes of the TV series. Yeah. Uh, but it helped pay for like half the half the series for sure, <laughs> probably so. And uh, I will say, we were talking about whether this whether this would have had legs if it had been released on Netflix. What that discussion we had. Yep. Um, I will say that I think Lucas would have gone for it anyway, because I think 
Netflix probably would have been more generous than Cartoon Network was with the budget. <laughs> probably, <laughs> yes. I, I would have to agree. So. Okay, um, uh, Matt, final thoughts on the Clone Wars movie? A lot, lot of good, I think. I think this movie has a lot of good, and I think there's a lot of things that you could see where uh, they were pulling a lot from the Star Wars universe and trying to make it into a connected thing like the Twilight for me, always felt like the Falcon always breaking down on them mm-hmm. or something like that. And it just tried to tried to connect these these characters to uh, the Star Wars universe. Though I think the action's great, as Nathan touched on, the animation is fantastic. Um, I think I think seeing the character interactions and the beginning of the characters in this show is I think what what makes this such an important part of the Star Wars you know mythos. I think. I think it's it's very important to be the the spark that began began the, uh, the 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 series. So I think I think seeing characters like Ahsoka and Ventress and and these characters like this, I think it was it was a, a great step in a direction that took us to all sorts of different parts of the Star Wars universe, and it was it was a great base to build upon. And I think it was I think for that um, I think it's fantastic. And I think I think just just seeing just seeing the Clone Wars, you know, I think you kind of touch on it a little bit in attack of the clones and then you touch on it a little bit in revenge of the Sith, but to actually just kind of say like the Jedi were here leading clones into battle and that's what it looked like. And they were spread across the galaxy and it was an impossible task. It just really kind of showed. And plus, you know, it showed how awesome the clones were. So yeah, I'm all game. This game, this movie was, this movie is good. It's good. I like it. Steve final thoughts. Well, speaking from the high ground, <laughs> um, I, you know, I, I've got thoughts that blend both Nathan and Matthew here together. Um, I think to Matthew's point, we have, we have to remember that since May 5th, 1977, we've wanted to know what the Clone Wars were. It was some big deal that never got well, talked about. And we, Steve, you and I, well, you have. <laughs> the, the world in the Royal we, okay. The Royal we. Yes. Okay. Um, so we, so, part of the purpose of this movie was to put a stake in the ground to say, now we're going to tell you. So mm-hmm. that, you know, it's, it's the beginning of something and that's fantastic. And it introduced, and it like to Matthew's point, it laid the foundation for everything else Filoni was about to do. Then to kind of counterpoint with Nathan, what Nathan was saying, it's a pilot. Pilots are never the best of a series. <laughs> it's oh, where no, the no, chemistry no. is still awkward. It's like a first date. Uh, you know, it's a little awkward. It's a little strange. <laughs> you, you're a little nervous. You got that funky humor in there. But it was enough to get us all wrapped into it going, okay, show me what you can do next. And that's the point of the pilot is to, is to get you salivating for more. And it worked. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> of course, and we're gonna, the chessboard was set. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and we're and it works so much that we're gonna get a little bit more of it this year. <laughs> so I know, and we can't get into that because that is a completely other dis- discussion we can have. Um, my final thoughts on the movie: I thought it was it it, it was it serviced the upcoming series very well. Again, animation style was 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 bold, but great. Um, the, uh, again, like, like Steve was saying, it's, it was a little awkward at points, but that's the way it is. And a little feeling stuff out, uh, some of the voices were a little over the top that eventually the, the voice acting smoothed out a little bit more after, like as the series went on, but you know, that's just, it is again, more feeling out of what you're trying to do. So 
uh, great starting point. Again, it, it was definitely worth my what seven bucks at the time going to see it. Like I wasn't banging at the uh, the the gate or the the glass and demanding money back. <laughs> seven dollars for a movie ticket. <laughs> wow. Oh my god! <laughs> it might have been a Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and again, it was one of those. We didn't, we didn't, we, it wasn't a literal blockbuster. We didn't line up to see it. We saw it when we saw it and, and we appreciate it. And it was 11 years ago. Yes. <laughs> and we appreciate it for what it is. And we, and we appreciate what it, it spawned eventually. Now, Rob, I, can I bring up, I, I got one more piece of homework I want to share. Yeah, okay. uh, because you actually just touched on it, talking about, you know, the voice actors and them having to kind of learn their roles and, and fit in with each other. Um, going back to the Tartakovsky Clone Wars. Yes. There were five, one of which was a no-brainer. There were five voice actors that were carried forward from Tartakovsky to Filoni. Um, one being Tom Kane, who originally did Yoda and carried on to do Yoda and also was mm-hmm. the you know opening and ending narrator. You had Mr. James Earl Taylor, who invented, created, and continued DJ O'Dub, as I call him. Yes. Uh, Corey Burton uh, first did Dooku and carried that forward. Terrence Carson created Windu and carried that into Filoni. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the no-brainer was Mr. Anthony Daniels. Yes, of course. <laughs> so, again, yeah. interesting. So, some of these guys already had their footing, and maybe that helped as well. For sure, yeah, exactly. Right. When you go into an assignment, you already had a you already had a run at yep. it. Of course, like it's like anything else. God, it's like even like podcasting. A lot easier to do when you've been doing it for a little while. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Never listen. To my you guys show. make it look easy. <laughs> I make it look extremely difficult. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, again, guys, thanks a lot for joining us. I'm gonna once more around the table. Um, if people listening to this want to talk Star Wars or anything else to you guys, work and they find you on social media, this is your time. If you got something to plug, if you got something on YouTube, you got what, whatever you got going on. Uh, Nathan, if somebody wants to hook up with Nathan online and not in the Christian grinder or Tinder way, um, <laughs> or that, whatever, if sure, go ahead. But uh, where can people find you? You can find me at NAF Roberts on Twitter. That's probably the best place. Uh, I'm on Instagram. I think it's NAF Roberts on Instagram too. Uh, I mean, you can find me in the Tumbling Saber and the Talk Star Wars groups on Facebook, but I'm not on Facebook that much anymore, <laughs> like a lot of people. Uh, but uh Twitter's probably your best bet. Excellent. Uh, Matthew, where can people find you? And uh, you got what do you got going on online? Online. Well, let's see. You can probably catch me on the tweets at, at Pure Genius Lego. You can uh, hear me ramble on about Snyder and uh, Justice League and stuff <laughs> like that. And you can uh, also catch my Lego stop motion animations at Pure Genius Lego Stop Motion Studios on YouTube. I just put uh, up a video of uh, Ray fighting uh, Nara. Oh, nice. Like, Fantastic. And, and, and come high, high recommend. Definitely check that out on YouTube. It, it's, it's, thank you. Thank you. It's, uh, I, I, it's, your patience is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it is time consuming. Actually, that's how I got into podcasting, listening to something while I, while I work. Excellent. Uh, Steve, for the folks that don't know, where can they find you? Right. So we do a podcast. We do lightsaber school stuff. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at SD Sabers Podcast, on Facebook at San Diego Sabers, 
on the web at sandiegosabers.net, which has a bunch of other links to our social media, including our YouTube. We're doing more youtube stuff this year. Speaking of forms, we're working on a Form 1 training video for people. And once Eric finishes his homework, I can finish that out and get it up there. Excellent. And if you're not listening to the San Diego Sabres radio podcast, what are you doing with your life? Pro- probably get on it. Get on if they're not listening, they're probably saving some brain cells. <laughs> no, no, they're losing it. No, if you want to waste brain cells, you can come check out my weekly show, The Roman Podcast. <laughs> yeah, definitely not for children. Great segue. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I have to squeeze that in there. So uh, you can find myself. I'm Robert MMCast on Twitter. And again, uh, I do have a weekly show, The Roman Podcast. Not Star Wars, uh, not for kids. It's just lighthearted humor so if you're in for a laugh we release every wednesday and um, my good buddy roman and i have a great time and of course i'd be uh remiss if i didn't say hey of course check out all the other uh, uh shows on the star wars commonwealth network uh they're almost to a point where i can't even list them all right now but check it out go to uh, swcommonwealth.com uh, and you can check out all the good stuff there and then that'll point you in if we have somebody for everybody if you're a if you're an astromech builder if you're if you're into saber fights if you're if you're into uh the 501st uh if you're into comics or books or even just general discussion it's all there and of course don't forget i do uh tsw comics on this very show with talk star wars with my uh good buddy tim from calgary from the nerd room and uh we uh wax poetic about star wars comics every couple months and uh that's uh that's another interesting if you're into comics and you're into star wars definitely check that out so gentlemen thank you very much for joining me on this retrospective uh up next the force awakens or in the <laughs> so uh again thank you gentlemen and until next time we'll see you later bye